Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dream Nation podcast. I'm your host, Yulia. Today, I'm super excited to interview bassist Catherine Popper. She's also a singer and a songwriter, and you probably know her for her work with Ryan Adams and the Cardinals. Yes, that Ryan Adams. And she also played with Grace Potter and the Nocturnals, Jack White, and Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day. She's a total badass. And she's also a member of the all-female trio called Puss in Boots with Nora Jones and Sasha Dobson. Because this show is about diversity, so I really try to cover a different range of topics. And I love music, so you're going to hear a lot of musicians on the show. Because I think that starting a band and launching a startup are two very, very similar ideas, right? You need to find the right members, you need to make sure the band stays together, you need to keep on putting out hits. And this podcast is brought to you by Did Nails out of Brooklyn by Adrienne Blanks, and she creates these amazing nail polishes that are non-toxic. They're free of any chemicals that I can't pronounce, and they are cruelty-free, so please check them out at getyournailsdid.com. It's a really great woman-run company, and I encourage all women to stop using gel colors and all the other just toxic, toxic nail polishes that women put on their bodies without even thinking twice about it. So check out getyournailsdid.com because it doesn't have any harmful chemicals in it. And it's made by a woman, which is totally, totally amazing. And I also want to give a shout out to wonderful silk pillowcases called The Silk Game, which are created by two women. So sleeping on silk is good for your skin and it keeps your hair shiny and unbroken. And what I really love is that they have really funny taglines on them. Like, I'm woman, hear me snore. They have emoji couple sets with an eggplant and a little peach on it. They're super cute on your bed and even cuter on your Instagram. So check them out at silkgame.myshopify.com or look up silk underscore game on Insta and use the discount code DREAMNATION, no spaces for $10 off your order. That's silkgame.myshopify.com or look up silk underscore game on Insta and use the discount code DREAMNATION. So get yourself some silk pillowcases and uh, enjoy the podcast. I'm really excited to have Catherine Popper on the show. She's a rock star. You also call yourself the sideman, I believe. Yes, that's sort of more what I, I usually tend towards than a rock star. Well, I sort of consider myself as a general rule, like a permanent private in the army, and um, am actually like, uh, uh, which is not always true because I have been in projects now where I've you know, sang and, you know, had my own songs. I actually really like being hired by other people and in other people's projects. I really enjoy supporting other people. You know, I think they say a lot of times, like, style is dictated by limitation. And I think that, you know, I always did have a little bit of a trepidation about stepping out into the limelight. And I think as a result, I end up being a very uh, nurturing person and a lot of projects which people would probably laugh if they heard me say that the people that I work with but uh yeah yeah that makes sense right because at the end you are responsible for bringing the vision to life exactly well and or or not or I'm responsible for like stepping back on stage and letting the artists do their thing but then like you know when it's time on the bus and they're having like a freak out about what to wear or if they need somebody to 
talk to or, you know, if they need levity. You know, there's I've been a part of, there's some smaller projects I play with where people are like, they're not so good with their banter and I can help on stage with the banter. Like, sometimes it's not about, you know, shining on stage. It's about what you can do for the, how you can be of service to the band and all kinds of other ways. I love that. It's kind of like a meaning for life, too. Which brings me to my next question, which is, what was your dream as a kid? Uh, I wanted to be a park ranger. I love it. I wanted to work with animals. It's all I really... I never really had goals and dreams. I wasn't really... You know, I I started playing music very young, and it was always something I did. But, um, you know, when I went to conservatories, but I'm not sure I ever really expected to have a career in music. And uh, so it's not like I was like, I'm going to get this. I'm going after this. It's just sort of... um, I worked very hard at it, but, you know, I worked part-time jobs, and I think, like... I used to go temp. I used to work at the World Trade Center and I would go, you know, take my upright bass, you know, work from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And I'd put the bass in the corner and go play a show after, which I can't believe I did that now. But um, it was just what I did, you know. I didn't have any expectations. I think that's what a lot of women have to do, too. And that has to do with funding because a lot of women, you know, it's really hard for us to live our dream. And uh, that's very similar to my tech projects, too, because I usually have a day job in advertising. I'm a creative director. And then I work on my other projects at night because as a woman, it's really hard to get funded full time for whatever you're doing. But I think it's also hard for anybody to be like, it's, you know, you didn't ask this, but when I started, you know, I, I was jazz musician and I was not hireable and I had people who would hire me but there was a lot of people who would you know say they were really weirded out about hiring a woman but then all of a sudden in the 90s you know because I played a lot of kinds of music like I was always Mm -hmm. very into like traditional musics and rock and roll and punk rock and classical and jazz and contemporary classical like a lot of really niche things and all of a sudden in the 90s it was like oh we need to get a, a woman bass player like Kim Gordon and that didn't serve me either because you know what I'm not Kim Gordon I'm somebody who can like write big band charts I have a lot of music skills that uh, I'm not just a woman playing bass so I feel like um, you know it's it's hard for anybody to make a living but like it was I think what the woman part that was complicated was navigating being either unhirable or eminently hireable based on the fact that I had boobs Right, because the people who seek you out just because you're a woman puts you in a totally different, weird situation as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just as uncomfortable because it's like, I feel like I'm completely overlooked for all of the hard work. You know, I went to conservatory for high school and for college. And, you know, not that that makes me better than other musicians, but it definitely gets my spidey senses tingling that it's like I, you know, like we were looking for a woman. It's like, well, there's a lot of women. I'm a bass player, you know. Yes. Um, and it doesn't mean I won't take an all woman gig, but I need to make sure that everybody is there for the same reason that I am. So how did you get into playing the bass? How did you pick that up as an instrument? Um, I think I was playing violin for a year, and uh, in fifth grade I'd been playing piano, and um, I had a big thing for the police for staying, and I saw him playing upright. But my mom says that I saw a woman playing upright bass in the orchestra somewhere, and um, I, I went to the orchestra teacher and I said I, I want to play that and she said no 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 women played the cello <laughs> I was like I don't know why I was such a stubborn little asshole but I said no 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 I don't I don't want to play the cello I want I want to play that I have no idea what got into my head but so yeah I started playing upright bass in sixth grade so who were your musical heroes when you first started out when I was in sixth grade mm-hmm. um 
even now, like across, because, you know, it changes all the time. Yeah, I mean, in sixth grade, it's, it's the same ones. Like, I loved the police, um, loved. I loved Men at Work, you know what I mean? Like, I loved the music that was on the radio, and I still think Men at Work is, like, one of the most underrated bands. They're just amazing, and Colin Hay, the singer, is voiced. Like, um, I think now um, there's a lot of musicians who inspire me for different reasons, like bass players, you know? Ray Brown has always been my sort of, he's a jazz bass player. He's always been sort of my hero in terms of tone and time and just presence and you know but i loved mike watt um huge hero you know uh, other bass players i'm trying to think like i spent a lot of time with james jamerson's bass lines i think he's sort of my electric bass hero and as a you know as an extension like paul mccartney and um jerry jamat um, but in terms of there's like, I have like songwriting heroes, you know, and, and musical, like the damned is one of my favorite bands that always has been. And I just think there's so people always talk about like guilty pleasures and I just don't really, I don't even know what that means, you know, especially growing up and going to conservatories and like sneaking out to punk rock shows and stuff. There was always this weird thing of like, I actually got sat down by the head of the school at my conservatory. He's like, we heard a rumor that you're going to these bluegrass jam sessions. And we want to know, we want to know how that helps your jazz. Like I, got, I got pulled aside, you know? I mean, I'm 44. I was always like a, a genre junkie, junkie, a genre junkie. And, you know, it was at a time when if you wanted to go buy, you couldn't pull that up on the Spotify. Like, you had to go to five different record stores. Yeah, and, you know, there's something to be said for diversity and not just sticking to one thing. So many influences come from so many different places. So, you know, you can listen to bluegrass and you can listen to heavy metal. I think the more serious the music is that you play, the bigger, you know, nobody, you know, like a rock and roll musician, if he's going to the opera, people would be like, whoa, that's cool. But, like, if a a classical musician, you know, breaks their nose in a pit at a punk rock show, it's it's eyebrow raising. And I've, I definitely found that to be true over the years, which I thought was so weird because, you know, Louis Armstrong made me feel the same way that like Agnostic Front did. It did brought the same feeling to my solar plexus. I loved hanging out at hardcore shows as a kid. I remember being in a Gnostic Front show when I was like 16 years old and we were jumping around and my friend lost his keys. Uh-huh. And uh, we ended up going up to the singer, Rabies. Was it Rabies? I think it was Rabies. <laughs> Did you tell him to stop the show? And, and we were like, um, um, we know it's the end of the show, but we lost our car keys. And Rabies got up on stage. This was like before he died. And he was like, um, can everybody just take a moment to look around and look for keys? So we Dad. had the whole entire mosh oh pit. God. looking for car keys and somebody found them <laughs> that is so cool i love that shit and that's like a sense of community and that's what the music world has and then i have all these weird funny stories i can talk about this forever but my question to you is what advice do you have for musicians who want to break into the music world it's always such a hard question because uh you know again i moved to new york in 1992 And I went to this conservatory and um, I basically just tempt and then I would take gigs, right? And I started out like, I can sort of base every gig that I've ever had on this one tiny gig that I played twice a week at this jazz club called Augie's um, for tips. I played there for an hour and a half on Tuesdays and Thursdays or something. Sunday, I don't know, whatever, whatever it was. But like, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't a fancy gig at all. But then like, I started to meet other people. So it was a very, there's a germ of community that starts and like regularity. And then you meet more people. 
And then, you know, all of a sudden, like I'm working with all these different people, but I think it's funny. One of my, when people ask me this question, I say it's hard because I feel like the best answers don't have any expectation of actually managing to do it. I don't know. Like, you know, when people call me, they're like, I've just moved to New York. What do I do? And I'll say, go hang out at these watering holes because this is where all the side men go when they're in town and they're on their, you know, and they're playing or they're on their day off hanging out. Like, this is a great place to meet people, but it's just a different time. Like, I could work at Merrill Lynch, right? I could temp and make $23 an hour, $24 an hour, and I didn't even, I barely knew how to turn the fucking computer on. Like, you can have a finance degree and not be able to get that job now. So, I'm not, I just don't know. And I'm sure there are ways, but like, I, it's just, this is, you know, we're talking like coming up on 30 years ago. So, I just, I feel like also there's a, it's so amazing that young people are encouraged, like all these, at a really young age to be creative and write music um, and, and play. I work with these young women or young kids who are like 11 and just killing it on their instruments. And I think sometimes what happens is when you're a big fish in a small pond, you come out of there with this sort of sense of entitlement, like, okay, I'm good at this. I'm going to be a musician. And it's a little bit dangerous. So I feel like as long as you can temper your expectations, and not hinge your happiness on certain things, then that's sort of the best answer I can give you. I think you have to enjoy the moment too. Try to do the work and hope for the best and enjoy doing the work. Yeah, like I've had these crazy lulls in my life where I would quit a band because uh, I quit this amazing band that I played with Grace Potter and the Nocturnals and they were, I loved them, but they never got off the road and my body just gave, I was exhausted. So I left that band and I thought, well, shit, I'm never going to work again. And I like got a part-time job for a little while, you know? And then like, um, I don't remember what happened next. Like I ended up getting a lot of work that year, but it was like, well, I guess this is what I do now. So, you know, there are a lot of musicians who go from tour to tour or they get in a band and they never leave. That's not been my path. Like I, um, you know, I've had a very slow year because I don't want to tour as much and I don't feel, I don't, it, I don't feel good on the road. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm over it. I, you know, I don't drink, like I eat healthy and I can't sleep on the bus. And so I've been doing like smaller projects and some really interesting ones, but, um, you know, I just took a, a seat in a, a Broadway show that's coming up. I really like the idea of waking up in my own bed and, you know, having a little bit of stability and with other great musicians. You know, women physiologically, we are different. So when we go on the road, you know, we need a few other things. It's like going to Burning Man as a woman, right? You're like, okay, well, I have to make sure my period is not that week because I don't want to be in the desert PMSing. I hate saying it, but it's a little easier for guys because they don't have to deal with just body stuff. Well, and also, I'm a diabetic and an asthmatic, right? So it's like I have issues if people are smoking on, you know, the bus or like I have a lot of food issues and um, and if I'm not sleeping enough, like all that stuff gets out of whack and then I get sick. And when I get sick, I go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. like, I have like chronic health issues and touring are just a bad combination. Um, and I think I've, I did it for a long time because I was like, well, this is what I do. And then all of a sudden I realized my insides do not match my outsides anymore. This is not working for me. And I feel like for several years I've been floundering because I'll go on the road for short periods of time. But even then, like I come back and I'm just a mess. So I feel like, yeah, as a woman, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of definitely that. And, um, but also as a person with health issues, like it's just, it's just some people can do it. And I, and some people enjoy 
you know, waking up in a different place every day and they have the energy to go out. It's like, you know, I, I go to places sometimes in all like these amazing cities and all I see is the venue. It's really hard because you're going from gig to gig. You're traveling. You're not getting a lot of sleep. It also takes a lot of energy to perform. It's hard. You're not eating your food and uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work and it's also, you know, I need to save up. Yeah, I need to save up my energy for stage and, you know, also like, uh, you know, you get there and you sleep in a little bit because you haven't slept all night. But, you know, there's also people, there's a lot of noise on the bus. And, um, you know, so say you wake up, say you manage to sleep till 10 a.m., which is would be a miracle for me. You know, you get up, you have coffee, you got to find somewhere to poop because you can't poop on the bus. Uh, <laughs> you know, you might have like a you might have a little bit of the day, but in general, you have to be at soundcheck in a few hours. And then you got to make sure you get dinner in you and, and in the show. And then a lot of times the bus will pull away that night. So it's like, um, you know, and also the bigger the tour, you know, the bigger the venue. So you're in this bus and this bus is the spaceship that pulls into this other spaceship, right? <laughs> this huge, this huge venue. And if it's usually a big venues in the middle of nowhere, so it's 40, it's a $40 cab ride to get anywhere you'd want to go. And, you know, you only have a minute because also I didn't mention you have to find a way to take a shower, which some people don't do. But like, I need to wash. You get into the bed with like the sweat from the gig on you. You know what I mean? It's like I don't mean to complain. It's like first world problems, but still, it's just like waking up in your own bed and taking a shower. And I've got all my vitamins out. Like, <laughs> you know, it's so nice. It's about taking care of yourself. And I think you know it'd be so cool if we just kind of almost reinvented the world that made it easier for people who are traveling. Part of the problem in the music industry is when. You know, when people stopped buying records, the market became totally oversaturated with touring bands because that's the only way to make money now. So these bands are playing, you know, all these bands are just pounding these same venues these same circuits and nobody's really all that concerned you know there's listen there's tons of venues and places that make it so lovely and comfortable but in general it's like you know everybody knows that we're a captive audience because you can't there's not really any other way to, to do it anymore i've had the luck i've done a lot of recording this year uh you know with different projects and also i work with these guys who do movie stuff just did a bunch of soundtrack for the nurse scorsese movie that's coming out all the music for some other hbo shows so i've been really lucky but in terms of touring there's uh it's sort of a it's in a holding pattern so i think you know the lifestyle on the road it's amazing it's getting healthier like i'm sober and now that's not weird it doesn't mean you're some kind of jesus freak it's like oh mm -hmm. she's sober you know like hey there's lettuce in the fridge because there's a sober person on the bus <laughs> you know somebody's doing yoga and the front you know cat has asthma so we're not going to smoke pot on the bus like it's sort of people bring like electric toothbrushes on the road i've just seen it change you know so you know it's enlightenment right in a weird way everybody is kind of like just becoming a little bit more enlightened which brings me to my next question which is how do you create harmony in a band this question is very important to startups because when you're put together a startup it's kind of like putting together a band and you're casting all the players and you want everybody to be really good at their instrument unlimited wi-fi <laughs> um no i mean I, I i do remember before there was wi-fi on buses and you had to sort of talk to each other all the time and i think it's really important on the bus to like you know everybody sort of takes their space just in general and that was sort of a joke but in the project i feel like you know knowing and i think this comes with growing up is like knowing when to how can i put this just sort of knowing your place and knowing when to to be bigger and when to be smaller especially when you're working for an artist 
some people in the band need more space because they're very reactionary or very, um, you know, like there's always a person in the band that you're going to have a hard time getting along with or a harder time than others. And I think like, you know, it's really important, unlike any job, you know, dealing with difficult people, it's really important to just examine, okay, what is my part in this situation? Like, even if this person is an incorrigible asshole, which I've been in bands with those people, it's like, where is my part? What am I doing? Am I, am I continuing to like trust my emotions with this person? Um, am I antagonizing this person, you know, without even realizing it? Or, you know, can I be kind to this person and trust that I have what I need, you know, and just like, give them a there there and move on my way um you know can I have a sense of humor about it like I feel you know and sometimes there's going to be days like everybody's going to it's important to remember that everybody's going to get into an argument like everybody's going to get angry um and then you know to remember not to take things personally not meaning not meaning like ah, I'm just going to get over it but it's like have another pal you can talk to about it maybe not in the band but like this is the thing that happened today and then you know just getting support around because like a job it's like a it's like a family that you choose you know i spent a lot of time being in bands and being just getting really worked up about somebody who was so difficult to get along with and i got would get so obsessed about why don't they like me why aren't they responding to me the way i want and i had to do a lot of work on myself to realize what is it about me that can't accept them the way they are and then at a certain point you know you draw boundaries if they're like getting in your situation or being antagonizing but i feel like it's you know it's like it's just growing up stuff really it's so true it's about how yeah it's about not taking things personal too and i think a lot of people you know they they numb out with drugs and alcohol and they don't they don't feel things as acutely which is great like it's a god bless them and i wish that i I could experience that. I don't work well with drugs and alcohol, but so it's almost like, you know, you're going to have a flare up and the next day you're kind of hung over or you're like, oh yeah, that happens when I drink. But you know, when you're having a, a sort of feeling that you can't nudge away with drugs and alcohol or whatever, um, and it's just sort of building in you, then you, you have to take it and, and work with it. And yeah. So I have two more questions and we're sure. going to wrap up. So my next question is, uh, what's the biggest difference between working with an all-female band or with women and men? Um, I mean, it's just so weird. Like, all the projects that I work with that are all women, you know, we're generally pretty, like, leery of the fact that we've all been hired as women. And, um, and it's not because we don't want to play with other women, but it's because, again, it, it can diminish our capabilities as musicians to be thrown into the women ghetto and it's frustrating sometimes so i think literally the only difference is um you know what goes on around us because we're just playing you know we're just trying to work so it's like you know the difference is like well we all know we're here because we got hired as women and we're gonna do our jobs and you know we're not like mad about it but it's like okay we all know what's going on here so anything that's going to be different is going to be um you know, from the top. So my next question is, what is your dream as an adult? Uh, well, I just want to live on water. I literally, you know what I mean? Like I bought a houseboat a few years ago and in the Rockaways and it's, um, it's been mostly a financial nightmare and it hasn't been in the water for two years. We've been working on it for two years straight, but, um, that's all I really care about is I want to live on the water. I want to live somewhere where the water's clear and I want to have a lot of animals 
literally my dream. That's amazing. I'm actually trying to work on um, doing an animal sanctuary in the next like five years. I want to do a little tiny goat farm sanctuary and have it as a retreat for people and <gasps> animals and bring together like musicians and creatives for talks. So it's a place where you can do like goat yoga, but you can also just come and like learn a lot of stuff and bringing creatives and burnt out corporate type into a place where you put away your phone and you listen to a lot of lectures and you learn about new things and you connect to nature and each other i'm vegan so i love animals i'm like obsessed with animals oh that's amazing i love that because it really is true like i mean i know i personally find it hard to put my phone down unless i'm around animals like it's you know it's uh and there's so many animals that need help from us and it's yeah i think that's the dream i think that's the dream but i I don't think i it's hard for me to imagine i think also because my health issues my dreams are a little bit tempered with reality about what i can accomplish so you know when people are like you know i want to i want to write a record that's blah 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 it's like I, i enjoy writing music you know i enjoy playing music but I feel like I'm in a transition period of, you know, I don't have this passion-driven thing that's making me need to be something bigger. It's almost like I'm the opposite. I'm like diving inside, you know? Well, I think it's hard, but it's when you don't have a particular goal or dream, there's not really much to talk about. So it's not, I don't really believe in goals. I sort of think that they're a little bit, they, for me, they take me out of the moment, It's hard for me to be like, I'm aiming my compass in the direction of this every single day because it's not how my life works with my body and my job. So it's like, I'm just sort of, you know, um, so it's not like I can even say like, I have this particular thing. So it's, you know, I keep it in the day. I write these gratitude lists and I, I write about things that have happened in the day and fears that I had that didn't come true. And, um, I think that's more like a goal is just trying to keep it more in the day which sort of goes against the goal thing so i'm still haven't still haven't worked that out maybe when i'm 50 i'll get that no i love it that's a goal that's beautiful <laughs> i love this quote i saw it on your instagram page and it said be this thing that you want to be in the world <laughs> <laughs> and i love it and i want to use it on my instagram page i'm just going to mock it up and attribute it to you and tag you in it and um but yeah, like I just want to like you work with so many great musicians. You work with Ryan Adams, you work with Jack White, and you just played a show with um, Billy Joe Armstrong too, who's like, oh I, yeah, I love him. I like, I love Green Day. Like I just my whole life was like Green Day growing up as a kid. It was like the Pist and Green Day, the Specials and all that stuff. So um, you have a chance to be all around these amazing talented people because you yourself are super talented. And I wanted to ask you what that quote means to you, like be this thing that you want to be in the world. You know what? I really love the internet and I'm addicted to the internet and I love stupid pictures. And I have this thing that I do for my friends where I'll take uh, a picture that I find and I'll find a quote. Uh, I'll just find sort of an obscure quote and put them together. It's sort of just like a a thing that I do. Um, I spend, I waste a lot of time doing it. And I think that that was just one of those that I, tossed off i don't remember exactly what it was that i put it under but um 
I, I just I've always loved like Sting. He's I've actually never met him. Um, he's one of the few people that I've never worked with or met that I you know him and, and Stuart Copeland. But um, I met Sting at his 60th birthday party. I was like trying not to like have my brain explode. He's such an idol for me because he's like a really yeah. awesome rock star. He was such I mean such a great bass player such an unusual bass player at the time too like the way he played and that he could play those you know reggae bass lines and sing and uh and he was just really hot too but you know i am it's also it's funny because just being a certain age like a lot it's not cool to like the police a lot of people it's kind of corny to some people which is really funny to me because i will never i will never set this torch down but um i think the the reunion sort of rekindled some of the interest but uh no i I just think he's singular musician i was walking down the street in my neighborhood and there was this group of teenagers on the corner and i was like here we go i'm gonna get hassled right (laughs) um and i had on a police shirt and this kid goes yo and i was like what's up and he goes is that sting (laughs) and i said yeah he goes yo he is fucking awesome he is a fucking great bass player. And all the guys on the stoop were just kind of like going on about the play. It was so cute. All these 16 year old kids, you know, I thought that was really funny. So, yeah, you know, I think that this generation gets it. They're pretty cool. They get it. Awesome. Well, I, I'm so grateful to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. you, you seem to have such a lovely vibe. And I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to listening to some more of your podcast, which oh, I haven't had a chance to do yet. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dream Nation Love. It's not Dream Nation Podcast. It's Dream Nation Love because I think my single mission in life is to teach people how to love a little bit more and together we can save the world so it's dream nation love share it with your friends have a great day and go out and make the world a better place